Welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you are a teacher or administrator looking to change careers, you are in the right place. There can be many reasons an educator is ready to leave the classroom. Boredom, burnout, pressure from parents and administrators, the list goes on and on. If you are ready to move on from teaching, there are many roles in which you can use your teacher skill set to have a positive social impact and set yourself up for a fulfilling and rewarding career. Now, let's meet your host, Carrie Conover. Carrie is a veteran educator and EdTech corporate leader turned founder and CEO. Carrie runs the highly successful program, Classroom to Boardroom. Her program alums work at Discovery Education, School Specialty, Scholastic Education, Code HS, PowerSchool, Amplify, and Dell. Her experience in EdTech, plus her connections in the industry, give her unparalleled insight into the teacher transition process. So grab your notepad, because your new journey outside the classroom starts right now. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about the five biggest teacher transition resume mistakes that we see time and time again. We're going to spill all the good details. So get a pen and paper to take notes. This is going to be a good one. Today, I have my good friend, Jessica Seiler, here to join me. We have done a lot of resume work together in classroom to boardroom and with teachers who are transitioning out. And it's about time, Jessica, that we share all of our dirty little resume secrets. Thanks for being here with me today. Yeah, happy to be here. I think it's, I think it is about time that we share all this, uh, all these secrets. We've been holding a lot of good stuff in and it's interesting. So let's talk about how we know each other. First of all, Jessica was one of the first people that joined classroom to boardroom after I created it. And we quickly became friends and then she got a job out in the ed tech space and now we're colleagues. And one of the things I realized about Jessica in our group coaching calls is we would do resume reviews where we would do these flash resume reviews. We'd put someone's resume up on the screen and then as a group, we would review it. And I always saw Jess was chiming in with like really good feedback and I realized she's got a knack for this. And so the other thing was really great is I think Jess, you and I agreed a lot on certain methodologies within resume writing for transitioning teachers. We are on the same page. And I asked Jess if she could come on board as a resume coach. So you've been doing that probably for a good year now, I would say that you've been. Yeah. And I think for me, yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it was more about you know, I knew what you had done for me as a transitioning teacher. And so I also, you know, wanted to give back to everybody else who was in classroom to boardroom. Um, And so for me, it was more about, you know, everybody can get to where I am too. And so how can we maximize that? Yeah. And I think a couple of things. One, I've seen a lot of resumes and done a lot of interviewing when I was in the ed tech space. And so I've seen a quantity of resumes and I think your knack is that you know how to make quality resumes. So the two together, I think really we've come up with this magic formula that, that works in all of the ATS systems, but also is um, something that is eye-catching. So let's do a preview of the five mistakes that we see, and then we'll dig in from there. So, um, 
the first mistake we see is that we don't see people using the real estate of their page well. The second thing is that good old summary that people like to put at the top of their resumes. We're not fans. The third thing is we're not seeing cause and effect. We're not seeing a lot of data and bullet points. The fourth thing is the skills that people are putting at the top of their resumes. We like the bullet points, but we're picky about what's in there. And the fifth mistake that we see is that people um, aren't necessarily highlighting their strengths and their experience in the right way in the right places. So let's start with number one, Jess, the good old real estate. This is my, probably this the thing yours. I say the most. So, so I'll start. It really, have you it kind of listen, but a lot of times teachers, especially like they will, their name will be in like 47 font. It'll be like Carrie Conover, my address, my phone number. And a third of the resume is their personal information. We see a lot of that, don't we? Yes. Yes. And I'm yeah, always like, see a lot of that. Yeah. What in like, why don't um, you talk about like, what's the problem with that? So here's the thing. I didn't realize how much formatting truly was one of the things that frustrated me. Um, it's one of the things that I think is so important. It makes a clean resume. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we're seeing too is like a lot of busy resumes sometimes where, you know, you have things down the side, things in the middle, the formatting is off. And so to me, it makes the reader or has, you know, the reader focus on something that's so not important, which kind of goes along with our last one that we were talking about is highlighting the most important things. Your name's not the most impo important thing. No. Um, and so when you do have your name being that big and taking up so much real estate, you're missing out on the extra page that's, you know, there or the ability to have the white space taken up by, you know, effectively using your resume. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and okay. I preach all the time. The reason we did the scanning activity that we did in classroom to boardroom is that research shows, and I know this from my own hiring, when you're flipping through resumes or looking digitally at resumes, you're scanning for about six to eight seconds and it's over. So if I see a humongous name, it's a big turnoff for me. And then it's more work for my brain to try to get down to like what I actually want to see. And I don't want a three-page resume. So give me that really solid one-pager, maybe a two-pager, but I need to be able to scan. And a huge name is distracting. Busy font. Things squish together, right? Like you need to be able to go boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. If you have a graphic designer friend out there, I'm not saying have them design your resume, but or someone that you just like know is a very visually picky person, have them scan your resume and help you with the fonts and spacing. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of what we're seeing too is picking your font size. I know this doesn't go with, you know, the the kind of topic that we're talking about I and mean, using your real estate, but kind of, because if you're choosing a font that's not visually appealing, it does distract the reader from your resume. Yes. So I always go with something classic, something that's, you know, timeless. I know Times New Roman is kind of boring. So use sans or like whichever you want to use, but don't use something that's like, um, like Comic Sans, for example, mm -hmm. um, that is bubbly, it takes up space. Um, so, you know, there are just some tips and tricks. Yeah, 
And um, we're going to move into this second mistake we see. And I have to pause and say, these are our opinions based on our experience. And our experiences is our people get interviews and they get jobs. And we see the flip switch when we help people. And when Jess does one-on-one sessions, they start getting interviews. The next one is going to be controversial for some people because they're going to say, well, I heard this other teacher transition coach say to do this. And I spent all this time writing a beautiful summary. And now you're telling me to take it away. So these are our opinions based on what we have seen work. Okay. There's my disclaimer. Just take it away with the summary. This isn't one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, The summary. I don't have time to read it. In that six seconds, no one's going to take that time to read your summary. Write a cover letter. Put it in the cover letter. If it's so important that you need to have it on your resume, it should be in one of your bullet points. It doesn't need to be that big, huge paragraph, but it should be somewhere in your resume in your bullet points. There are ways to tease it out, make sure that it's there. Um, And if it's so important to you, if it's a hill you're going to die on, um, then it should be somewhere in your resume in your bullet points. And if you're going to die on that hill, keep it short. One sentence. Short and brief. (laughs) There's plenty. If you're going to, if you need the summary, if you feel like you got to explain yourself. Um, Well, and that gets us to the cause and effect. So this is another one that you've heard me hammer over and over again. Teachers often, okay, so we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but like if the first thing on your resume is fourth grade teacher, everyone thinks they know what a fourth grade teacher is. So I am literally not even going to read your bullet points. Oh, she's a fourth grade teacher. I know what that is next. And often what I see is fourth grade teacher creates and um, writes lesson plans weekly, you know, developed math curriculum uh, map, you know, it's the same, we see the same things over and over in the teacher transition space. But what makes you unique is the things that you worked on that had impact. And if you're especially going into tech or ed tech or SAS or whatever, no matter what you do, even if you're an instructional designer, they need to know that you know how to make good decisions that have impact on the bottom line of a business. And so you have to start thinking about numbers. So uh, created and implemented after school program that increased student math scores by 7% or whatever, or implemented a student pride or student pride initiative, or I don't know what to call it, like student accountability initiative that resulted in an increased attendance rate of 98% in my classroom. Like, I don't care what it is, but you need to tell me that you did something, you tracked the data and you know it worked. Yeah. And a lot of teachers, you know, sometimes when when I do meet with them, they're like, but I don't have this data. Try to go find it. I know yep. it's really hard, um, but but try to go find it. Try to see where you do have that. And a lot of teachers also like don't realize if you've done um, fundraising, if you've, you know, worked for, you know, and you've been in working in conjunction with the PTO, or you've been the parent coordinator, or 
something like that, those are all things that do show cause and effect too. And so I think the other part of it is some teachers are so nervous that they're just a teacher. But if you really think about it and you kind of tease out everything that you've done over the last X amount of years, you do find that there are a lot of things that are very transferable. Yes, absolutely. And they don't always have to be numbers, right? Like if you don't have the numbers, you don't necessarily want to make them up, but you can still say it increased student attendance or it increased, you know, try to use as many numbers as you had. I know I look straight at those numbers. Again, what you said, if you had a committee where you had a budget, that's a great thing to put on Mm -hmm. there. Um, It was funny. uh, Side note, I was interviewing Evan uh, from he's at mm-hmm. FEB tutor last night for the podcast, a success story. We were talking about mm-hmm. Excel skills and how, how many Excel skills we learned once we left the classroom and going into ed tech. So that's an example of like, I don't know that you could put, I guess that actually takes us to the next topic, the hard skills and the soft skills. Yeah. But if you can work yeah. data in an Excel sheet, you are steps ahead of other transitioning teachers. So let's go to to number four. A mistake we see is people putting their soft skills like up highlighted in the top of their like resume and bullet points. And we were saying like, for instance, a lot of people like to say problem solver, collaborative. Yeah, we're all problem solvers. We're all collaborative, right? Like we're all team players. We can't say that. So why don't you talk about those bullet points a little bit? Well, I think in in that case, I would rather you put your hard skills up there. What programs are you using in the classroom? What can you confidently go in and say, here are some examples that I've been using in my classroom. Here how I Here's how I've been using them. Um, so I think those are conversation starters also at companies too, when they want to have a conversation or they look or notice something and they ask you a specific question about it. Um, but the other thing is, is when you put those soft skills up at the top, what you're really saying is, is I don't have a good enough example to put in a bullet point in my resume. And that I think should be that that's, that's not true. You do, you have plenty of examples to put them in bullet points down at the bottom in your resume within all of the experience that you have. And so if anything, those soft skills should be not necessarily written as problem solver. And there's a bullet point for just problem solver, but it should be a bullet point about how you are a problem solver. And it doesn't necessarily need to say problem solver explicitly, but it is implied, oh, she can problem solve or, oh, yeah. he can problem solve. You could say identified this problem, created this solution in a bullet point. Obviously, yeah, exactly. Like that, but exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And even better and, would be create, solve, identified this problem, created this solution and solve yeah. this result. <laughs> that would be my dream bullet point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Of course it would. But also at the same time, I think, you know, hiring managers and people who are looking at resumes, they know how to look at resumes. Mm-hmm. So assuming that just putting a, putting a word there is going to get you the job or get you the interview is they're looking for that cause and effect, which is what we're talking about with those soft skills. Yeah. Well, and the biggest jump, I can say this hands down, the biggest jump now that I have so many people that have transitioned and I interview them and talk to them, there is a big mindset shift 
going from a classroom where you're never talking about money. Sure, you talk about bottom line when it comes to kids' growth. But like, if honestly, if you're a person who's like super anti-testing and you don't like looking at data, I don't think EdTech's going to be the space for you, but that's a whole other podcast video session. But um, like you have to in your resume, you have to help the hiring manager build that bridge of like, you don't think about money and revenue and data to I'm capable of thinking about money, data and revenue. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to draw that yeah, bridge totally. in your resume. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think talk- the other oh, thing is, is there's, oh, I was just going to say, I think the other thing is, is like, yes, it's hard to do that, but you have to be able to connect the dots. Yes. Like it's, it's hard to make those connections, but if you talk about it or you have the bullets there, it's easy to connect the dots. So what I always say is like, write down as much as you possibly can. And like, if you, when you meet with me or when you, you know, have a resume call or you talk to somebody about your resume, somebody will notice that these bullet points can go together or these two, you know, are similar and you don't need these two. Like, somebody's going to notice those things and then you'll be able to tease out the things that are either not relevant or combined things. So that's the other thing that I like to say. That's totally such a valid point. It's so important to have multiple people look um, at your resume, but especially having people who are in the teacher transition space that look at these all the time, such as Jess, um, is really worth your time and money. Speaking of that, just does do resume coaching. You can go to carrieconover.com, click on coaching, and you can sign up for um, time with Jess. I do not do any resume coaching anymore. I put my time in. Jess carries the load there now. I do all coaching around like career choice and interview prep and all that. You'll see that all on carrieconover.com. Um, Let's go to our final mistake, which is kind of what you're highlighting on your resume. I'm going to kick this off and then let you take it. But mm-hmm. again, back to that scanning, I hate to say this, and and we can both say this because we were both teachers. If the first mm-hmm. thing I see on your resume is fourth grade teacher, I'm probably not going to call you for an interview because there's thousands of fourth grade teachers out or eighth grade teachers, whatever, out there looking for jobs right now. So you need to create space at the top of your resume so that that is not the first thing I read. So why don't you kind of explain that, Justin? I know this kind of goes into some other pet piece of yours. Yeah. So the other thing is, is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, but they want to see my education up at the top and where I went to school. No, put it at the bottom. It's not important. No. Um, So I think what I, what I always recommend is definitely have your name up at the top, make sure that it's clean. It's noticeable, a way for them to contact you. Absolutely. The other thing that I, you know, that we were just talking about is maybe a skills section, put all the things that you're great at those hard skills right up at the top. If you're interviewing for an ed tech company, um, they definitely want to see that you have skills in a bunch of different products, things that you're using in your classroom. One thing that I always say when it comes to what you're using in your classroom, please don't make it a laundry list. I mean, there are plenty of things that you've done in your classroom that you might not be able to think or speak confidently about. So I only put things or I would only put things that I can speak confidently about things that I 
you know, have experience with, I've made, they've made a difference in my classroom. I can tell a story about it um, just in case, right? That's always the thought process is somebody's going to be looking at your resume, asking your questions while you're doing and having an interview. Um, and then make a great space, call it professional experience, and then put your experience down below. Um, the other thing that I took away from a conversation that a get, that you would get on classroom to boardroom, there are some times where people who are hiring are looking for a specific set of criteria. I'm looking for somebody who taught K through six. Yes. I'm looking for somebody who, you know, was a high school math teacher. We're not saying don't put your role on your right. resume. We're saying it doesn't need to be the first thing that's on your resume. Right. Yes. Because if they're, if they are looking for a fourth grade math teacher for a specific product, you do need to make sure that it says fourth grade math teacher. So don't just put teacher, don't just put resource room, um, make it clear, make it, you know, make your title known, but it doesn't need to be the first thing that's on your resume. It's interesting that you say that. That's absolutely what I mean. You don't want to hide it. You shouldn't be ashamed of it. But can you distract from it in a positive way? Meaning, can you say, here's my leadership skills? Here's my, you do a really good job of that, of helping people, like, here's my leadership skills. Here's my tech skills. Here's what I've done as a tech integration specialist, where you're, yeah, I was a fourth grade teacher, but I wasn't just a average fourth grade teacher. Like, I've got all these things that make me a superstar, um, and it's interesting because I just had um, someone reach out to me to help them recruit for a position at a university. And I have a really good candidate. And when you go look at his resume at the top, it's like, I don't want to give away what it says, but it's like principal of the year. He's had a lot of really cool coaching things sure. that he's done and it shows his leadership. But then I, they said, we really want someone who's been a math teacher. And I was like, I can't even remember what this guy taught because he has all these other things. But then I could scan down and there it was high school math teacher. And so he checked that box. So just to reinforce what you're saying, I totally agree, especially from a recruiter perspective. I want you to be like an onion that I can peel and peel and peel and peel. Lots of layers to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think the other thing is, is, and to bring up your point of if you've been at the same school for a while or within the same district for a while, there are ways to differentiate what you've done. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, that's just the facts. Yeah. And sometimes it takes someone else like Jess helping you realize that. Um, but I think, gosh, we've given away a lot of our good stuff today, Justin, we in have. summary of what we've said use that real estate wisely. You don't need, your name's not the most important thing on that resume. It's probably actually the least important thing on the resume. Um, you're get rid of the summary, <laughs> replace that summary with hard bulleted skills at the top. Oh, I wanted to say one thing about that. If you've done Salesforce yep. certification, or if you learn some type yes. of software outside of the classroom, that should be excelled. Did you take an Excel course, whatever those up. If you're, are. if you're Google certified, if yes. you have done some sort of certification for any program that you've been using in the classroom, if you've done Salesforce Trailhead, if you've participated in ISTE, I mean, you name it, put it on there. Those yes. are all things. If you're 
um, one of the things that I've been seeing a lot lately is bilingual. Yes. Bilingual. Yes. 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 Those are amazing. Makes me think of Julia. She was trilingual. And I was like, yeah. oh, why is this not highlighted on your resume? And guess where she got a job at an ELL company. So there we go. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So replace the summary with some hard skill bulletin points, bulletin points, <laughs> bulletin boards, high, hard skill, bullet points, show cause and effect relationships. What impact did you have? And finally, be mindful of what you're highlighting at the top of your resume. Well, that was, absolutely. I mean, that was, that was good. We just packed in a lot. Remember if these are our opinions based on what we've seen work, if you're hearing something different somewhere else, I would listen to us, but <laughs> remember, these are opinions. This is what we've seen work in the teacher transition space. If you want to work with Jess, uh, head over to carryconover.com and you can sign up for a resume review session. Also, remember, if you're a member of the classroom to boardroom course community, you get Jess and I for 50% off. So don't forget that uh, you shouldn't use the website to sign up if you're in classroom to boardroom. You should use the links inside of the course that we highlight. If you're not a member of Classroom to Boardroom, you can sign up right on the website. Jess, high five. Thank you for always being such a cheerleader of Classroom to Boardroom members. And uh, I'm so blessed to have you as part of our team. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Classroom to Boardroom podcast.